Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord our God, I ask and uh, praise you too. Please bless us. Please bless this program. Bless all those who listen, Lord, that each and all of us would be anointed with the graces, with the strength, and the blessings that you have already held in reserve for us. Lord, we do love you, and we ask that you would um, break through in 2023. Let this be a year of breakthroughs, Lord. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, you know what today is? Not just First Friday. Not just the first Friday of January. Epiphany? Epiphany. Oh. Well, it's the traditional Feast of Epiphany. Yes. Did you like that? Um, so if you go to <laughs> traditional Latin Mass, you're going to um, celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, the rest of us, if you go to Novus Ordo on Sunday, you'll celebrate the Feast of Epiphany. Remember what Epiphany is? Yes. God, this is good. The little Catholic trivia? Yes. What is it? Um, it has to do with water. <laughs> oh, that's Epiphany water. That's Epiphany wa- holy water. Yes, the Epiphany blessing. It's when the, the three kings. The three kings, the three wise men. Okay. This is I, great. You're asking me these questions. Elevate the game. And you're not even sure I know the answer. I know. Like, this is this terrible. This is now, terrible. how many people are in the th- Trinity? Now, how many? Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know their names? That is a bigger, that's harder. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yes, those are their names. Yes. Actually, if you said to me, oh, yeah, you oh, know the yeah. names of the three kings, uh. but who gave what gift? Okay. I don't know. Okay. So it's Caspar, right? That's the C. Right. Uh, and then Melchior and Balthazar. Okay. Right. Those are the three names of the th- traditional names of the three wise men or the three kings. Why? Is that... Is Hans von Balthasar the same? Is that a different? Yeah, totally yeah, yeah. Different... So they wanted to honor him so much that. No, they... I thought maybe he wanted to honor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, are you saying know. were the parents? Did they name no. him after von Balthasar? That was his last German? name. Yeah, yes. I no. don't know. Maybe they do like how the Central American. I think no. They no. do the second, third. Who names. knows? Who knows? Maybe, but I think that there might be a traditional spelling of it that's Belshazzar, but oh, the yes, one that I know is Balthazar. So anyways, um, yeah, so the, those three kings, and, and I don't know. It, it, it might be uh, like since it's Caspar, Balthazar, Melchior, those, that's the order. Okay, this uh, is just dumb Catholic trivia. Can we just let's move, <laughs> move on. on? Okay, let's move on. Okay, but. I'm going to cough again. Here's, <laughs> well, here's what I want to say. I, I focus on this for a couple of reasons. The first is Sorry. that uh, epiphany means manifestation. See, I didn't ask you more trivia. Epiphany, epiphania, is uh, a Greek word for manifestation. That's a pretty name for a girl. Epiphania. I think that could be a pretty name. I have never thought of that as a girl's name before. So Does that sound pretty? See, this is what this is more exciting. <laughs> Talking about, Talking girls about names. pretty girl names, yeah, yes. nice. I I don't know. I think I'd say that. I, I'm joking, Tom. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. It's Melanie, Harmony, Epiphany, right? Epiphiana. Epiphiana. Now you got to add the Anna to you it. You got to get the Anna in there. I told Annalise, our daughter, whose birthday is on Sunday, that on the fourth, I said, "Hey, Annalise, come here." The fourth is the feast of the woman that she was named after. 
And she didn't even know that. I'm like, how did you get to be 13 years old and not know that? Uh, oh, she'll be 14. And it's Elizabeth Ann Seton. And I said, you could have been Mary Elizabeth, you know. And <laughs> she did not, it did not move her at all. So I think she's happy to be Annalise. Uh, so um, let me see. So no, it's about epiphany. Epiphany means manifestation. And there's something very beautiful and powerful about the idea that Christ is manifest in the lives of those who seek him with, let's call it courage and sacrifice and perseverance and are willing to give of themselves, to give themselves in giving the gifts that they're giving. There's something really beautiful about that. I think that that's a theme that is important to reflect on at the beginning of a year. What I mean by that specifically is that at the beginning of a year, if we stop and say, okay, looking at 2023 on a calendar is more than just walking through months. It's part of the journey that we're making through life. And in some ways, every year ought to be like the journey of the three wise men. It ought to be an attempt for us to courageously, perseveringly, and even with sacrifice, be willing to approach Jesus and to give, a, give to him, to lay down before him our gold, frankincense, and myrrh, to offer him the gifts of our lives. I don't think, Carrie, that we, we really talk, I don't think we've talked about it like that with our kids, but I think that when we have our kids go through goal-setting sessions and mission and vision for the year, and when you and I, we talk and plan and, and take action around that same thing, under underlying it all, there is that sense of, well, what we really want for you kids more than anything is to encounter Jesus Christ in a real way, in a personal way, in a profound way. We want you to know him, to love him, to serve him, to meet him. We want an epiphany. So whatever else that we're having you do in these like goal-setting sessions that we've had for our kids, it's really about we want you to live a, a noble life a good life, a godly life, a holy life. I think that's where we really rely on the encounter of a year where you focus on something. I think that's why we do the year or the saint for a year. Sometimes looking forward, I like to look back just to take a measure. Last year, my word was healing, and your word was, or your phrase was? Reparation. Yeah. <laughs> That didn't work out very well. <laughs> but I, this, um, just looking back over the last year, Tom, Pope Benedict XVI has this great quote in a healing book I was reading because my word was healing. And this is what he says. And just see how this applies to how do you take this and take it in and then just, you're able to launch forward, I think, as a, as a place of um, strength. He says, before Jesus' gaze, all falsehood melts away. This encounter with him, as it burns us, transforms, and frees us, allowing us to become truly ourselves. His gaze, the touch of his heart, heals us through an undeniable, painful transformation, quote, as through fire, quote. But it is a blessed pain in which the holy power of his love sears through us like a flame 
enabling us to become totally ourselves and thus totally of God. I think when I read this quote, um, it really is a freeing reality that Christ is wanting to, through his love and his power, bring us to healing. But it is, I think sometimes we avoid the pain, we avoid the flame, we avoid the, the hard. And yet the Lord is saying, if you trust me, if you hope in me, if you put your faith in me, you will come out totally for me and totally yourself, like who you were meant to be. Yeah, I, a great reflection, Carrie, on an amazing quote. I've never, you, I've never heard that quote before. Oh, um, oh, I feel very, uh, <laughs> I feel very proud now. <laughs> no, that is, I, I'm. It's stunning. It's really a stunning quote, and it, 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 it actually brought to mind something that um, Saint Pope Paul the Sixth said. Believe it or not, in his encyclical uh, or in his apostolic exhortation on evangelization in the modern world. He said that the, the modern man, modern man seeks a witness and not a teacher. And if they're open to the teacher, it's only because they're also a witness. When I hear that quote, I'm hearing an incredible teaching. Like the, the, the truth that is there is, is like I said, stunning. It is so beautiful. But, it, it really exposes his level of faith. When I hear some of these, you know, popular um, priests, bishops talking, and they've never even touched upon this depth of beauty and healing and power, because when I read it, it makes me yearn for it. It, it makes me long for that, that the falsehoods would melt away and that we come yeah. totally... No, and, and he didn't say the, the falsehoods will float away like a feather on a gentle breeze. No, he talks about the searing fire of the gaze of Christ who pierces through the falsehood, strips away the armor of our resistance. The undeniably painful transformation. Because I think a lot of times I thought healing was going to be this nice, fun, freeing great encounter but not really ac- taking into account that yeah, there's like it's a spa painful- day <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> no, it's where's physical my spa- therapy is where's what it my is. spa day yeah yeah I, it's incredible and and i just when i hear that it reminds me of other quotes where again pope benedict um rest in peace pope benedict uh, he was buried yesterday um that and pray for the repose of his soul. The one of the central themes of his of his uh, pontificate is that theme of encounter. That really the launching point for our life of faith is the encounter, or maybe the like the launching pad of faith is the encounter. It's not okay. You've correctly learned the beliefs. It's not you're striving to live according to the moral law. It's not you're following the ritual rules of observance. If he says you do all those things, but you're missing the encounter, you're missing the essential center, and you're left with a heavy burden. And I think a lot of Catholics are left with a heavy burden, even you know, even in their attempts to seriously engage with the teaching of the church, the moral law, and the practice of the faith, but missing the encounter. Well, I think that's where... That's where the burden becomes light is when I encounter the encounter. It's in that time of prayer, in that time of before God, 
whether in private prayer or adoration or praising him in my car. <laughs> That's where I usually praise him. Um, we that, do send you out to the car. Just sit in the driveway <laughs> in the honey, car. Honey, go to the car for an hour. <laughs> Time out. You're in car out. Um, but it's in those moments where the burden becomes light. And then I feel like, oh, this is, I know that this is his mercy, his grace, his goodness. It brings back hope. It brings back faith. It it renews love. And you're right. When I don't have those that intimacy with Christ or that relationship, I feel like weighted down and burdened and cumbersome. And this is, I'm failing and I'm struggling. And So do you know, in, in recent days... As I've been striving to live a better 2023, new me uh, in 2023, a new me in 2023. What was the new you in 2022? Now it's the new me. Wow! Be free in 2023. (laughs) Carrie, you should copyright these. Let's soar in 2024. Keep going. That's terrible. Let's be alive. Let's thrive in 2025. We're going to stop right now. Sorry. Uh, I'm. uh, So here I am, and uh, I'm praying in the morning, right? I'm up, and I, I um, go through my, my, my practice, like my morning prayer practice, and um, I end up, you know, I'm doing the Office of Readings, and I'm quieting down, I'm doing the Office of Readings, I'm kind of making my morning offering, and I, um, I, I think one of the practices I implemented in 2022 was to not give myself permission to just glaze over words. Like when I read the Office of Readings, it's easy to just look up and say, did I just finish that psalm? I don't remember reading it. And then just say, well, I'll do better on the next one. And and in 2022, I learned to say, no, I'm going to go back and do that one again. And it, it's actually very humbling. Was that part of your reparation? Uh, you know what? That is a maybe, reparation. Maybe I didn't have as bad a 2022 as I thought. Because I found myself... Going back and going back and going. Some mornings, I, I didn't even get through the first psalm because I kept going back. Actually, some mornings I didn't get through the invitatory psalm, which is prior to the office of readings. It's the very first psalm that you pray every day in the in the uh, in the liturgy of the hours. Anyway, so I got through that um, this morning, and I wanted to just move on with my day because I had a lot to do. And the Lord convicted me. The Lord was like, no, you need to sit quiet and allow me to commune with you. And there was that conviction around just dwell with me so that my love can can grow in you. You'll receive the strength you need for today. You'll be anointed for what you're going to face today. You'll be blessed by what, what what's going to happen to you today. And I had to make that decision to just be there with God, be there with Jesus. So I think that's a little bit about what Pope is talking about. More on this in a minute. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carnum with my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, it's great to have you on, beginning of the new year, reflecting uh, a bit on how we did last year, some happenings at the end of the year, and getting launched into the new year. And I love your quote, that quote of healing. And do you, you discovered that quote at some point during the, the course of your year. Do you, did you find yourself going back to it, like feeding on it, or did you just, I don't know, one and done kind of thing? Well, like, actually, I How just, did it come back up? I just found it just now, so can that... Can that still work? <laughs> Does that still count? 
Hey, the thing about the word for the year, it's never an end. It's not like, okay, this year is done. There's no more healing. No, God keeps speaking. I and know. Even I, found if we... out, I found out my 2023 <laughs> word. It just went from just hard to harder is what it did. And like the Lord's like, you think reparation was hard? Just wait to 2023. I'm going to give you a real word to dig into. So I, I, There are several quotes I have from the year of healing that I've written down and several passages that I've gone back to and reread and read again and several um, ways in which it was clear for me that that word just kept showing up. It, You know how it is when you have a word awakened in you. It's not necessarily that all of a sudden this word is everywhere. It's just that it's alive in me, that that word yeah. is alive because I'm now seeking after it. But it does have a profound, not not that that takes away from the power of that word. God still uses yeah. that. But, but my thinking is this, is that uh, the fact that you just said what you did is one of those little signs that are that God delights to give when he's saying to you, I, I am with you. I am walking with you. I am doing something in you. I'm the living God in your regard. And when I had you discern the word healing, when I communicated to you in a way that healing emerged in you as your word for 2022, I was going to meet you there. I was going to break that word open in facets that you hadn't anticipated and I had something for you so that you shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised that the living God was true to his word, true to the word that he shared with you, and that he was moving in and through that word or orbiting around your life through that word. And I just think that that's a beautiful um, way of enhancing the personal nature of God. Well, I do think that some of the words or phrases you've had in the past, you've brought back up. Absolutely. And they still are part of who you are now. They're yes. part of that tool or that cleansing scrub that he uses to... Do you like that? <laughs> I, it feels like I do get a lot of cleansing scrub words. Yeah, that's true. Not always. But my daughter so. my daughter bought me new washcloths for our kitchen and sponges. And what are those, the metal ones, the charbon... The ones that you... Oh, do you I'm mean the I'm struggling um, with this word. When you have to clean a metal pan, yeah. it's wiry. Right. Oh, uh, yes. Charboil? Am I saying that right? You're saying <laughs> charboil? I don't Char- know. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, I thought we were it's really good. <laughs> you see how the Lord has to, what he has to work with. Um, anyhow, it was just funny. Why am I bringing this up? Oh, cleaning, cleansing. It's nice when you go in for like a good scrub with the Lord that you have a clean sponge or a clean washcloth and it's not all gritty and slimy and smelly and so i don't know what that analogy means or where it's going but just to say i got some new washcloths for christmas (laughs) i think that carrie i think that the uh, and uh, this process that we're talking about and we've talked about it for years on the program is one that i want folks when you're listening to this to consider Consider it. It's it's Epiphany. It's the traditional Feast of the Epiphany uh, on January 6th. And so that might be an opportunity, an opportunity for you to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I bring my life to you. I lay my life down before you. I'm seeking you out today, Lord. I am seeking an Epiphany. Lord, please bring about in me 
an epiphany. I, I, I want you to be more fully manifest in my life. And I know there's an act of approaching, surrendering, and offering. And, and I do all of those things today. And, and Lord, as you communicate back to me, as you make your epiphany, speak to me a word for the year. Speak to me a word that will help me have insight into what you are resolved to do in my 2023. I love that because it's a time of resolutions, but not just your resolutions, not just what you're resolved to do when you bring them to God, but what is God resolved to do as he approaches you in this year? So, Amen. anyway, so Carrie, uh, do you want to share about any particular healings that you saw uh, in your life in, in the last year? Anything jump out at you that would be sort of a testimony to God's faithfulness? Uh well, one specific area I could share, which is <laughs> kind of funny, but should I say it's funny? I don't think it's funny, but it's good. Um, at one point in April, I think, we're one night, or maybe it was in the morning, you said, honey, I think you have a drinking problem. And I don't think you'd ever said it like that to me before. And I said, yeah, I think, you do. I, think I do. <laughs> I think you're right. And instantly, there was this just sense of, I'm just not going to drink anymore. And I knew I needed to reach out and get support. So I, um, and I was really seeking for freedom in that. And I would call it an addiction in that I really like to drink. <laughs> I really like alcohol. Um, and I would depend on it for just relaxing or enjoyment. And I just don't feel like I was really relying on God for that or the Holy Spirit or um, my spiritual life. I was more leaning into that. And, you know, I think with addiction, you can lean into anything. Um, I think a second area would be the phone. Like when there's a, a calm or a quiet, you I reach for the phone. Or when there's a space, there's this kind of constant distraction of going to that. Or it could be for me shopping. That's an area where I'll try to fill a void. It's a little bit more work for me nowadays, so it's not as fun <laughs> as it used to be. But I, I'm just thinking it was important for me just to be aware of areas in my life or in my heart where... I was allowing a distraction to take the place of, of the Holy Spirit or to take the place of what God wanted to fill me with. Anyhow, so I think it was that day I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. And um, I joined a couple of different programs. I had to research and figure out like, okay, how do you do this? What is this all about? Um, and then the further I got into it, the more I just felt that that freedom release, uh, just a new hope, a lot of lot like healing from guilt and shame and thinking if I'm such a good Catholic, which I don't ever really think, like when I, <laughs> I don't know if I ever think I'm such a good Catholic, but knowing what God's calling me to be, I fall short. And knowing what he has for me, I know I just fall terribly short. So it's really important that I measure myself against him and, and no one else, because that could be also discouraging, um, or what he has for me, I should say. And in just that whole process, um, I really felt a, just a newfound freedom and a better, a, a fuller sense of mission. Like, okay, well, what am I supposed to be doing? And it wasn't like I drank, I just like I drank and I was drunk. That wasn't how I drank. It was more just kind of a daily habit. And I was like, I've never blacked out. I've never like done any of that stuff, crazy stuff, because I've heard a lot of crazy stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People I've been, you know, hanging out with. Um but it certainly has been freeing, and I think the Lord 
is continuing to heal me. Um, and t- taking away that shame, taking away that the guilt, just being freed from several places that, that brought me. And I think also the honesty of it all. It's required me to be like brutally honest with you as my husband. I think that's something that I really want to strive for is just complete transparency. I feel like you have that better or you're better at it. But I feel if I'm not transparent with you, I it affects you and allows you to be less transparent with me. I think good begets good and evil begets evil. And so my addiction or my sinfulness definitely impacts our relationship and vice versa. Your sinfulness, your addictions impact me. And for me, I really think that in this like this new year, I would hope that the good begets good, that that, that would be something we could walk in. And again, I don't think like for many years, I don't think I did much about, you know, I just stopped drinking for a month or, you know, go like there's dry January where people won't drink for a month. I guess after a couple of weeks, your liver can like restore itself. And so a lot of people will do that or they'll do, they'll take a month off. And I've done that kind of thing. But I think for, um, for me, and I lost my train of thought. I don't remember what I was going to say, but anyhow. Well, that's really beautiful that you shared what you did. I, I think a lot of folks would take comfort in that. Um, <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, darn. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's a, uh, well, and, and again, what you shared was, you know, I've never seen you drunk. We've been married 28 years. and Are you sure? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I know I've had enough to drink where I was. Where you, were, you were tipsy. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't. I can't I remember know. a particular night. Anyways, the point is that um, the idea. Well, that's great, Tom. That that says a lot about me. <laughs> yeah. One, how how good how you see the goodness in everyone. <laughs> nice, thanks, dear. Well, anyways, the the interesting thing is is that uh, drinking has never been a big deal for me, anyways. And so um, when you said, "Look, I'm just not going to drink anymore," I'm like, "Great, let's do that." Your mom did the same thing. Do you oh, remember? That's right. Yeah, she did. She just and, made a decision. And she was about my age. That's so funny. Yeah. She was like 52, 53. And they came out to visit us in Federal Way. And she just said, I, one day we just said, we're not drinking anymore. And it's been great. And we don't drink anymore. Her, and she had her George do it too. Her husband, my dad. Your dad. Yeah. And it was just funny. And she just flipped a switch. I don't think she joined any no, no. kind of group or anything. And I don't think she was a... Like, I would never say your mom was an alcoholic. They just always had wine. It was it, always she's a common a native Italian, Italian, and it was one thing. of those. They had that, like, pre-dinner glass of wine when they were making dinner. That was it. They didn't even often have wine with dinner. She didn't drink hard drinks either. Yeah, no. I never saw, like, she no, would not. No, 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 really. The closest would be grappa. Oh, And yes. that was when, like, the it's... families were over after dessert with coffee, something like that. It's a But, um... Uh, no, I, I think that one of the things that when you talk about the theme of epiphany, it's what it's it's unveiling, it's manifest, it's manifesting what was hidden, and I do think that whether it's drinking or whether it's the overuse of smartphones or whether it is getting involved in other distracting activities, it covers things over. So how will healing happen unless we are pulling back the things that are covering over the areas where the Lord wants to bring healing. Yes. So I do believe that 
one of the like one of the great healings and transformations that the Lord has been bringing about in you was connected to the space that came into your life through the awareness and actions you took around drinking and smartphone use. So it there was, in a sense, a new you. Now, um, the new you was also manifesting some in of the broken you <laughs> <laughs> that needed to be healed, right? It was like some things that used to be able to be hidden, uh, covered over by drinking, was now all of a sudden that's gone. Well, I think it also allows for a new energy. And I don't know if that's that could be sometimes misdirected, but... Um, when I'm no longer focused on that or it, a lot of the drinking would just subdue my drive or would just calm me down. And I didn't have this like extra, extra, let's go. And I think sometimes I used it as a, um, what is it called? I'm losing, I can't remember the word. It was like a pass, pacifying mm-hmm. drug. What I'm trying to, trying to think of the word that I would remember. Anyhow, um, so anyhow, it caused just a delay of intensity. And so without that, I feel like part of me has become more awakened and more alive and more like, okay, what else, what is there? And so if I'm not careful, there's other things that start popping up. Like I love sugar. <laughs> Sugar's even better now. Chocolate's even. So it's easy to transfer, you know, that ache or that flesh desire within me into another area mm-hmm. and I think that's where you know accountability community uh, being with others growing in and not in isolation but with people in faith and holiness walking that path out with people is so helpful because um, I really don't think it's something we're meant to do on our own right well and you can see how having fellowship right so for you to have sisterly support, um, with those who understand the path and who are walking that path as well is just so critical. I know that one of the things that you've talked about for this year is, um, hey, where do I get more support in Christ? How do I help be a gathering place for women who um, who have moved here, uh, women who are around us and who are probably have a bit of an ache for uh, like deep fellowship and faith. And so I that for me is something I'm excited to um, have um, come alive in you. I know that um, you have discerned a new word in 2023. <laughs> I, why are you laughing? Because I just think the word is so funny. <laughs> well, it, but that for me, that's part of the authenticity is that it, it wasn't like, yeah, this is a cutting edge word and I just feel like I'm so proud that somehow this word is associated with me and I got this word. No, it's something that it came to you in a way that with the context, I think, and and then not knowing all of what it could mean, it's a pretty cool word. Yes. Do you, Do you want me to share what it is? Sure. My words awaken. Wake awake. up. Awaken. <laughs> awake. I was up at... That's um, what I say to you every day. Hey, wake, wake up. up. <laughs> I was up at uh, Lookout Ski Lodge. And the kids were skiing, and I decided just to stay there, and, and I was too tired <laughs> to get everything geared up and go out on the slopes. And, uh, and we're going to tell you it's that. A break. We'll uh, tell you that story in a minute. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern with Carrie. If you're enjoying this program, please go to 
the Dr. Tom Curran podcast. You can subscribe. You can leave a review. Um, you can go to the YouTube channel, My Catholic Faith TV. I would love for you to subscribe and to watch the videos. You can also listen to this podcast posted there as a video. All right. Carrie, your word awaken for me, I think that's a beautiful correspondence to the healing, right? So if in healing, part of heal, healing is exposing the area that needs to be healed. And I think that you were saying that there are activities that distract us from that. And so distraction, I think, is another big theme for you right now. Um, whether it was smartphones or um, uh, alcohol, those are things that can easily deaden they can kind of anesthetize. They can put us to sleep, make us so relaxed that, well, I feel like Awaken has a, t a ton of potential to it. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I, so I, I was up at the lodge and I was reading a book, the self-knowledge one. Self-knowledge and, and self-discipline. Yes. Yep. And um, there was a paragraph and it just said, and, and the Lord would awaken, blah, blah, blah. And the word just jumped out at me and I said, no. Absolutely not. That's not my word. <laughs> you like, Lord, I reject that word. I say no to that word. It was the first word, and it was New Year's Eve. We were up there on New Year's Eve night, day. I wasn't looking for a word or anything. I think that's how See, some... the word found you. It found me. I like that. And it just jumped off the page, and I, I just rebuked it in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm like, that is not my word. But there was such a quickening and, and, and a stirring in my heart that I knew it myself to be not my true. My word's mega millions. <laughs> Yeah. We've One billion dollars. Let's go. And then we come home that night, and we do the word generator. And when I did the word generator, my word was awake. And I thought, oh, well, that is definitely a confirmation. I just cannot snub the Lord twice. And it's not even about snubbing Him. It's about snubbing me. When I read the Pope Benedict quote, it was, it's enabling us to become totally ourselves and thus totally of God. And I think any addiction is not allowing us to become totally ourselves and to know ourselves. And there was this so like a curiosity about sobriety that I had. I was, well, what does that look like? And how does that play out? And I started reading some books and listening to some podcasts. And through that process, it really, that, that healing process and also just the freeing of what I struggled with. Not everyone, I mean, a lot of people I know um, enjoy alcohol and, and do it just fine. <laughs> a lot of these good Catholics. <laughs> um, but for me, I just was tired of the constant sense of, why do I have to do this? Why do I feel compelled to have it? I don't really want it, but yet I do. And the whole, the whole idea of not wanting to miss out, and like the FOMO, fear of missing out on a fun time. But at the same time, I think what was so hard for me was when I've come to know who Christ is and His love, and I've encountered and tasted his goodness, his sweetness, his, his mercy. And then I just kind of reject that or I betray that and walk. And it's not like I felt like when I was drinking, I was sinning. I just felt like for me, it was just a constant itch to have it. Um, and so it just felt like a betrayal to him and what he really wanted for me and, and a, just a sadness over our in our relationship. Me and Jesus, not me and you. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was close. It's like, it's, I mean, and I don't know how many times I went to confession and said, you know, Father, I've drank, you know, too much. And I don't know how you would go through life without confession and just having a clean slate and being able to be set free. And the funny thing about this whole process is they make this big thing on having to confess and do this life 
um, evaluation. Uh, like, a, uh, like a rigorous or ruthless moral inventory. Yes. That's like the, that's a 12-step program. Okay. Well, the yeah. one I do is uh, that I was part of Celebrate Recovery. It's all faith-based. But um, they're all Protestants for the most part. And it's just really funny to be in this group and talk to these women and, and um, say, oh, we do this every month or every week. If you're Catholic, you're always making <laughs> inventory but they're kind of looking at me like oh, I guess it didn't really help you <laughs> I was like well I really didn't think it was you know everyone run around me was enjoying drink it was just that for me it was more of a a need than a than a joy or mm-hmm. it was more of a like burden a crutch. Became, yeah it became more of a crutch and a burden but anyhow just to say that to become totally ourselves I don't feel like I can when there are blockages that I know the Lord is asking me to give up or to put aside and it's it really should be a joy and right. a freedom. Well, it it's holds not, back our witness, right? Well, we, for sure. I mean, there's so it many It holds ways. back the radiance. It holds back, right? Yes. Does Do it? I radiate more? <laughs> Absolutely. You're radiating all over the place, dear. I love it. <laughs> no, it does. It, it holds back the, the magnificent part of, the magnifying part of what Christ is calling or wants it for us. Whatever... Whatever that area is, you know, and, yeah. and, and the degrees to which people can fall is so vast and so great. It's, you yeah. know, I don't, no judgment here. I just No, think. no. I, well, in fact, I was trying to remember what saint it was that I read just recently who was saying, like, my brothers, like, any sin is possible. Like, don't you think that, don't think for a moment that apart from God's grace and mercy in your life, that any sin is possible to you. You will fall into pride if you think that somehow you have like uh, um, come to some victory over um, even the potential of any sin in your life. And it's just like, whoa. That, that, like, talk about a humble, total reliance on God. And in that, like when I'm in Christ who strengthens me, I am. I have victory, but don't be fooled that the victory didn't come because you're in Christ, because of His strength, His life. Yes. So don't be fooled. Yeah. So, Carrie, great word for 2023. I'm excited to see what awaken and awake, what that means for you, Um, and you know to see what what the Lord's doing in that. My word isn't so happy. I mean. That that's kind of a nice word, honestly. Awaken. Awaken. Yes. Yeah. Ah, you go from being asleep to being awake. It's like about being alert. It's about being responsive. It's about being alive. There's and, so many positives. So yeah, let's ways see in which it can go. Yeah. Or be taken. Nice. Okay. What is your word? My word's expiate. Ta-da! Let's go. So I went from reparation, reparate to expiate. I went from reparation to expiation. So. Expiation. So reparation is making up for the sins that uh, that I or others have done. Expiation is um, uh, addressing the um, addressing the uh, the injustice that um, it was due to God and the the need to make up for. Uh, the injustice, the the betrayal of the relationship with God. So expiation is about removing the blockage of sin in people's lives. And how did that word come to you? Oh, it has been unfolding in me over really the last month. 
and it came to me it was like um like punches one two three four five six through youtube um census <laughs> fidelium okay um they i i ended up listening to something that i would never listen to because i pretty much i'm just looking for the homilies from my favorite priests and you know hard-hitting beautiful profound etc and i just happened to listen to a guy read from a book so every now and again one of the they'll upload um reading an excerpt from a book and i've always just like swipe 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 but this book was why must i suffer and wait you have a book like that upstairs i know i ended up buying it oh that's where that's it came the book from. oh i didn't know that we yeah. don't talk do we I know. We got to talk more, dear. I try to read it to you. I try to read you this. But you're yeah. like, I don't want to read, read the book. That. Why it's must so I terrible. suffer? <laughs> I want to be awakened. I, I don't want to suffer. Yeah. Why must, where can I get more joy? That's Carrie's book. My book is Why Must I Suffer? And the chapter that he read was on um, to make up for um, the the sins of a nation. Okay. And it was so powerful. It was so like striking to me. And I've talked about this on Sound Insight. Okay. I've, I've actually gone through the, um, let's see, 15 reasons. Go more into expiation. And Carrie, what's that? What did you want to say to me? Like, did you even know there are 15 reasons why we must suffer? Well, oh, anyways, yeah, the I could point give you at least three. that one of the reasons was about expiation. It you It's a theme that you hear me say quite a bit, which is, to pray for souls that are near to death but far from God, right? That it's, um, I'm calling it um, a new devotion, a new mission in the life of the church, or calling it out. It's it's, been part of the church's call, but it's gotten lost. It's gotten lost, or it hasn't had as much focus. Like you think of a devotion to the poor souls in purgatory. Okay. Right? So I think of the um, devotion to the lost souls, uh, It's I call it hell rescue. So you stand at the gates of hell, and you're going to rescue souls from falling into hell. How's that? Do you so take on fasting? Fasting prayer. I'll tell you exactly how it showed up to me earlier today, this morning, when I woke up. Um, but I'll do that after the break, so you don't want to miss out. How expiation hit my life in a very non-fun way. All right, back in a Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Karn with my lovely wife, Carrie. We're reflecting on uh, our word for the year. And I encourage you to do that. Pray, ask the Lord, Lord, what is your word for, for me this year? Lord, how are you resolved to take action in my life? Um, we're sharing openly, honestly, Carrie's sharing very beautifully and transparently about what the Lord has been doing in his tw- and did in your life to bring healing to you and now is uh, leading you onto an adventure, a journey, a new epiphany that will be associated with awaken and being awake. I love that. For me, uh, 2022 was about the ascent of Mount Carmel. I was going to climb the mountain of the Lord, and reparation was going to be a theme in that. And you're making me realize that maybe I did more reparation than I realized. Uh, I didn't feel like I had a very good year from the standpoint of what I envisioned. I envisioned myself fasting a lot more and willingly uh, enduring or undertaking penances, acts of self-denial, more than I actually did. 
Well, the good thing about awaken is all of those areas can be awakened to me, and I can expiate with you. Nice, right? This could be like a combined. You don't want to hear about how I expiated this morning. So, this morning I woke up with a migraine headache. It was terrible. Is that from the sickness? I I don't know what it is. We get the weirdest migraines. So sometimes I wake up in the morning and and the headache is connected to caffeine. But I took a Tylenol, like an extra strength Tylenol before I went to bed. And I had like a cup of coffee last night. So the idea that it was connected to um, a lack of caffeine didn't really fit. It didn't make sense. It's congestion. Well, let me just say I woke up and my head, you know how you could get that migraine pain? It hurt. And I was just lying there in bed thinking, okay, what am I going to do about this? And part of me wanted to just immediately run, pound some Advil, and then go get some coffee and drink it as fast as I could to get rid of the pain. And then a word popped into my head. Expiation. Yikes. And I thought, no, <laughs> Lord, are you asking me? And and I, I didn't even have to finish the line. It was any suffering that I undergo or that emerges in my life, I can offer for a soul that is near to death but far from God. And it was like, really, Lord? All right, let's go. Now, once the pain passes, you feel pretty excited in the moment or in the in the midst of it it's hard but once it's gone it's like victory well and this is the thing it's like these i'm not a saint i know that because of how i relate to suffering <laughs> i know you're not a saint oh, thank you dear appreciate that you said that quite too quickly and you laughed too like, easily there i'm just thinking it's cute that you even put yourself <laughs> no i just listen that was a that was like an introductory clause <laughs> to my sentence i All know right. i'm not a saint because most saints when they they wake up with a migraine headache. They're like, oh, Lord, why can't it be worse? Lord, why? Lord, is this all I get? Oh, come on. It just, I want more. Let me, let me go on my knees to the kitchen and then, you know, whatever. So I ended up going and making coffee and, um, you know, drank some coffee. And it, it was kind of hitting it a little bit, but not a lot. So I ended up going to the Advil. Okay. So between the Advil and the coffee and about over an hour, it kind of diminished. Um, But I was like, oh, well, I had, I I now have started to just gently, uh, like the epiphany, the manifestation in my life is living a life of expiation. Oh, when I'm experiencing some suffering, some pain, some unexpected challenge, offer it up, offer it up. Remember, there's a soul that's near to death and far from God, and, and I don't want that soul to perish in mortal sin, perish in spiritual death, and come before the judge. I love that you want to do something for someone you don't even know. Mine has to be so much more relational and have more meaning. I'm just saying that yours is a better kind of sacrifice or love because you're doing it for the Father. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I didn't... I. Maybe, yeah. I, I guess I go to do it for my son or daughter. Soul. I'm doing it for Jesus. Right? Yeah, okay. I'm doing it for like Jesus. You want the church to share in the work of redeeming the world, and that means every soul. And I think the church hasn't suffered enough, and so we need to really be willing to embrace suffering as part of Jesus's invitation to bring about salvation. And I think that's what 
that's what excites me is it, making my life useful to the Lord. Yeah, it could be a new new trend. Yeah, or an old new trend. An old new trend. This book was 1935, and I'd never read. Well, and Carrie, I read it on the air a couple of days ago. It was, um, you know, you're saying like there's a hundred thousand souls that die today, and how many are going to be saved, and how many are going to be lost? We don't know, but we know this: the great majority of those who are saved are saved because of the expiation of those who have suffered on their behalf. That they were trapped in sin, and it's only the the expiatory suffering that these loving souls offer on their behalf that brings about the grace of rescuing them at the hour at the moment of their death. And I'm like, whoa, how come I've never heard that before? And that's just sitting right there in this traditional book. This is like not some new speculative theologian with this idea that is, no, he's quoting these saints and referencing these saints and these other saints. And, and that was what also, also happened in the last month or two were these other homilies I kept bumping into, kept referring to saints who were like, the soul that was condemned to die, you know, was he- heading towards the 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 noose and 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 that saint just went and cried out to god and just said i'll suffer for that one i'll suffer lord just don't let them perish and and then in the last moment they cried out i want a priest and they confessed but then they were hung i've heard some near-death experiences where they people were very sinful and they saw their salvation come they came back to life and it was because of a very the prayers of many faithful and specifically prayers of very holy holy people that were praying for them, poor, like an, a poor farmer who his prayer yeah, I got remember her. that. Was that lady? Was that that lady in like Venezuela or yeah. something? Brazil? It, yeah. I mean, her whole story is kind of crazy, but yeah. it was but just... But that part of it's really cool. That part. I just wanted that part. <laughs> yeah. So um, so we'll see how that unfolds. I, I do feel like 2023 for me with you, it also involves some real like getting boots on the boots on the ground like boots on the ground yeah do you you've never heard that phrase <laughs> yes. why then <laughs> that's just funny well it, it it's a counterpoint to the idea of visioning okay right boots on the ground is get very let's get very practical tactical and let's take action yes and you like that that's i a, do that's i need one to of the see gifts you bring to the family everything is, beginning middle and end not talk about it do it Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I think we're going away in a, a week to do that. Yeah. I think the uh, Messy Parenting podcast by Alicia and Mike Hernan, they do the board meeting. Mm-hmm. I think it's in January or February, but we've always just done a visioning weekend or day. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's ever been a weekend. But just go away and just say, okay, where are we five years from now, 10 years from now? Where are we now? And then look backwards and then forward. And right. then, Where have we come from? Where are we at? Where are we headed? And then yeah. map that out. And, and there's there's lots of practicalities to that. Like we had envisioned, like what would it cost for us to have our kids in schools? Like and we have them in these classical faith-based schools. And now we have, well, two kids in college. A third one is, is going to be going to college. And the fourth one is going to be going to trade school. Yeah. And... Five kids in private school. <laughs> it's becoming it's more like, expensive. This is getting really expensive. Did we plan for this? <laughs> no, so, we did not. Good thing I'm in ministry. I don't. Trust yeah. in Jesus, Carrie. I don't know Mega what Dave millions. Ram- let's go. Dave Ramsey would say. Yeah. So that's something that we're um, also doing right now is taking time to uh, be practical about. This is a difficult year. 
in terms of economic forecasting. And so preparing for that is, I think, a very important task. And part of our faithful stewardship also means having eyes wide open, seeing where are we at, what do we need, and then how are we going to get there. And just being on the same page, I think you and I are not clear separately. We're not on the same book. <laughs> same book. <laughs> I don't think we're clear separately, individually, yeah. or together. Mm-hmm. I think we both look at each other and go, I don't know, I don't know, let's just do the next the next thing in front of us. But to fi- actually like lay out, okay, well, how can we be consistently, c- how can we send a message that's consistent and clear to all our kids about what they are expect, what they are required to do, and what we're required to do regarding what we're expecting the from future. them? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just that's a good conversation. I think that uh, it's <laughs> worth talking about um, when we get through to the other side. Like, did we make forward progress? Wouldn't it be nice? It would be nice to have like a mentor couple that's already gone through this and then they can just say here's the three things that are pro the three things that are a con towards whatever area and help us make this decision i don't want to like try to figure it all out from scratch Mm -hmm. i don't know what you're talking about but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so carrie believe it or not much work we have (laughs) yes we are at the end of our program if you can believe it thank the lord thank the lord so this is a new year it's epiphany Oh, hey, don't forget, today is the day traditional Latin Mass parishes will bless holy water using the Epiphany blessing. You want to get some of that triple holy water, right? The special super, we we call it super holy water around here. So we still have some from last year, but um, get to your traditional Latin Mass parish, get some of that Epiphany holy water. Today's the one day that they can um, pray those prayers and get that special holy water. There you go. All right, God bless you. Join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.